Hello and welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name is Callum Johnston and today's podcast focuses on capitalising on assets in Scottish agriculture. This podcast is supported by the Scottish Government and we have a wide range of podcasts, fact sheets and information and other resources available on the Farm Advisory Service website. Taking on a farm or a croft for the first time is a really exciting opportunity, but as new entrants, there can sometimes be hurdles to jump over. These hurdles may include sourcing land, livestock, machinery, or obtaining finance to fulfill your ambitions. Generating cash flow from limited resources on the farm can be a challenge, but it is always good to take a look at your asset base to see if you can utilise what you already have and maximise income potential. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Trudy Queto from Carfrey Farm to discuss their diversification journey and the wide range of exciting activities available to the public on the farm. Trudy, it's great to have you this afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Callum, and thank you for having me. No problem. Just before we dive right into Carfrey Farm, could you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to farm at Carfrey Farm? Yeah, sure. Well, I I suppose my passion for farming life began as a child because I'm a farmer's daughter. I grew up on a farm and I uh, never planned to return to the farm to work on it, although 10 years ago, that's exactly what I did. And now I'm, you know, working as a as a full time farmer. But uh, prior to that, I've had two quite different um, career paths. The, the my first career was in the arts, and my second career was in property. So quite different background, but I do um, often draw from the experiences of both my arts and property background. Um, and you know, a lot of those experiences lend themselves to what I currently do on the farm which may sound a bit odd, but uh, they've been useful, um, useful experiences. It sounds a, a wonderful journey, a very varied journey uh, so far. So tell us then a little bit more about Carfrey Farm. So, well, Carfrey Farm is based in East Lothian. It is 830 acres of land. Um, we're mainly arable farmers. We have 500 acres um, under arable rotation and the remainder of the land is made up of permanent grass and woodland. Uh, the woodland, we, we've got a biomass boiler on the farm, so we harvest the, our own stock um, and chip and use that for, for the biomass boiler. Um, so that's an important crop for us also. And in springtime, we restrict the stock grazing so to, to support the birds who are, who are nesting at that time of year in the breeding season. And we, the other thing we also do is we plant a green cover crop um, so that we're restoring the soil health. Wow, there's, lo- there's lots happening, lots of environmental practices, which is, is really, really good. It's really important. What changes have you made over the years and how have you diversified the business? So we have made a number of changes. So eight years ago, we added a wind turbine. So we now have 
electricity to most of the farm, certainly to the steading and to the farmhouse and to one of the other residential properties. They're completely powered by the wind turbine. And when the electricity we don't, that we don't use, uh, that gets resold back. Seven years ago, we added a biomass boiler, which is fueled by wood chip, as I mentioned earlier. That came about really out of necessity because the uh, the cottages, the farm cottages, still had uh, back burners, and um, it was a bit of a step back in time where you know you had to have the fire on before you could get any hot water or heating in the morning. Um, so it was a great addition to get the biomass boiler in because that allowed us to upgrade all the heating systems at the same time in the cottages. Um, the most recent uh, diversification that we have done, which required a significant investment, was the cottages. We've now refurbished three cottages to holiday lets. Uh, the first one was done three years ago, and uh, the most recent one we just opened in April 21, so just about six months ago. And at the moment, we're currently renovating a shed space, which provides um, an, an indoor space for the activities that we run. Uh, we run a number of activities on, on the farm, but they're all outdoors. However, with the unpredictable weather that we have in Scotland, uh, it's always good to have a plan B. So uh, the shed that we're renovating at the moment is our plan B for those activities. Excellent. I know that you've got a fantastic range of activities on the farm. I, I know that because I, I follow you on social media and there's always regular updates. What activities have you introduced on the farm over the years? So um, it's, it's quite a range. They, uh, we have um, Our most recent one is SUP Yoga, which was a pilot over the summer that we've been running on the Danskan Lock, which is uh, part of the farm. And the, that's a fantastic activity and it's gone, that's gone very well and is going to be continuing, uh, we're delighted to say, next season. It stops over the winter because if the winds are too high, then it's you, you just um, it's not it's not possible to do, unfortunately. But we run activities for you know a, a family, we, you know for individuals, groups, the families. They suit anyone of you know of all ages. So they also include uh, bushcraft, foraging, mindful lock swimming. We do a farm tour, and we also do forest bathing. Wow, there's there's plenty. Plenty of exciting, exciting things. Now, forest bathing is is fairly new, fairly new concept. What is it and why do you think that there is growing demand for it? Forest bathing, it, it certainly has become a bit of a of a buzzword and it's but it is it's a key it's a key activity. It's I think it has become really popular due to just the opportunity that it gives people to have time out for themselves. It's all about, it's about slowing down. It's about being silent, just enjoying silence, equally listening to the, the sounds around you outside and just connecting with nature. The forest bathing um, is run by um, a lady called Anna, and she, you find you'll find her on social media under the name Wonder Woman, and the sessions that she runs, they also include. She she gets um, she puts a hammock out, and you spend a bit of time in the hammock. 
which is just a little, it's, it's to emphasize how important it is to be still. And that part of it in, includes a, a meditation. And it's, I think it's really important that we all are able to take a little bit of time out and just, just to slow down. And I think we all know the, the importance for our health and our well-being to do that. But sometimes it's, it's very difficult to, to, to make the time. And we just need a little bit of, I suppose, help and guidance from somebody else. And also, I suppose, as, a, as an element of if, if, you, if somebody else is um, running a session or forest bathing, then, you know, it's in your diary and you just, you know, you go to it. You know, so I think that's probably why, why it's become so popular. Yeah. And, and I guess that it's the same with the, the paddleboarding to some degree, um, you know, getting out on, on the water and being outdoors, being out in the fresh air and just, I guess, taking time to connect with nature, slow down and, and also take part in, a, in an activity as well is, is really important. When you were coming up with these new ideas and looking, you know, I guess, looking at the farm and thinking, well, how can we utilise the loch or the space or the shed? Where did these ideas come from? Well, they're they're actually they're they're quite new new ideas. The activities they came from they came out of the first lockdown. We ourselves had time to stop and think, and I think to look around our space and to reimagine the the, the space and the assets that we have here. And we, so we started to look at them and think, well, you know, which of these assets? Are, you know, uh, farming has changed so much. We don't use a lot of of the assets. In the same way as we used to, and a lot of them are being underused. Um, so, what can we offer? And at the same time, because it was lockdown, and you know, we realised that a lot of people back in in the spring of 2020 were in urban environments, unable to get out to the countryside, and really were just bursting to to experience that once the lockdown was lifted. And we began to realise that there a lot of the visitor attractions and other places that people would normally go um, would still be closed because it was quite re- restricted who could who could get out and, and in what numbers. So that's why we decided to offer. We, we were able to open the holiday cottages in July, um, but realised while we could open those, and a lot of people love coming to the holiday cottages just to cycle and walk, but we felt we wanted to offer more activities for people to do while they couldn't find them anywhere else. And it was really important to, you know, offer these activities that had a well-being waiting to them so that, you know, pe- people could relax and slow down and take time to, to be in their own space. Absolutely. Uh, certainly health and the health and well-being market is very much a growing market and being out in the countryside, being on farms, you know, farms, crofts and estates are, are well suited um, to offering these these activities. When you were thinking about these activities, what were some of the considerations that you made before launching them? With the holiday cottages, before we launched, before we opened them, because I have an experience of running holiday-let accommodation, um, albeit it was um, in a in the city in Edinburgh, so the market was quite different. But um, they were that was slightly easier to to launch and open because we had a, a model with systems that we could adopt into the into the cottage, running the cottages at the country. 
but I think the key, the, the key really is just um, look it was looking into our strengths and our weaknesses and deciding you know kind of what we were able to do ourselves and what needed to be outsourced and once we had identified those then you know we we felt that uh, yeah we were ready to go and we could launch excellent are you part of any groups or networks to exchange ideas with other farmers and would you recommend these groups to others yeah definitely so i'm part of scottish agritourism which is an amazing group and uh, has a, an extremely it's got a really large network which is just provides excellent support it's uh, that we're very active as a group exchanging ideas sharing expertise I, I actually would think I would find it very difficult to do what we've done without the the support that we've received from that group am I allowed to do a plug there's a conference coming up <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> Is that shameless? Um, there's a Scottish Agritourism conferences on the uh, 9th and 10th of November, and it's got a great lineup of speakers. And we're also going to see the launch of the Scottish Agri and um, the Scottish Government's uh, Scottish Agritourism Growth Strategy. So that's going to be really exciting, and it's also just a great opportunity to network and build new connections. So I would recommend anybody considering um, adding an, a tourism element to to what they do on the farm to have a look at Scottish Agritourism because it really is quite a powerful group with support. And I'm also part of the Rural Leaders Alumni and that's a great space for personal development, also sharing ideas and um, very informative and, and lots of great expertise. And that's also equally a programme, the Rural, Rural Leadership Programme, which is run annually. And I, I believe they've secured funding for it to run for a few more years. And I uh, would really highly recommend anybody you know, to consider that programme and applying for it because it's um, really supportive. Just to finally sort of round off the, the podcast, Trudy, from your experience in running Carfe Farm and also your other uh, ventures, what advice would you give to other farmers or, or new entrants? What would be your three top tips? I, I personally feel it's really important to identify your own strengths and your own weaknesses or your likes and dislikes, which, you know, however you look at it, and to outsource your weaknesses or your dis dislikes because they take too long to do if it's, a, if, if they're, if it's not a strength. And it's much more fun working in areas that you can, that, that you feel like it's a strength or something that you enjoy. Secondly, I would say I feel reviewing financial budgets and forecasts are really important. Um, setting them in the first place and keeping a close eye on them and reviewing them. Then it gives, there, there are no surprises. You can manage and change and be flexible according to to the information that you receive and if you're looking at those often and closely then you can feel in control of the situation and I think the third one I would say is to it's a take time out it's really important to take time out it can be really difficult to do it but I think whether it's just a walk on a beach or 
um, a walk in a forest or sitting somewhere quietly or spending time with your family, make sure that you have time for yourself um, in whichever way keeps you restored. Because I think as we as we all know, farming can be all consuming uh, seven days a week. So and I'd probably just sneak in, have fun with whatever you do. Enjoy it. Yes, most importantly, have fun and look after yourself. Yeah, that's a really nice way to round off everything you've said in this podcast. Trudy, that has been really interesting. I'm conscious of time. So finally, I'd just like to thank you so much for taking part today. And we look forward to hearing more about Carfrey Farm in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Callum. It's been a pleasure speaking to you today.